it's the time that we come together to celebrate uh, what God is doing and what God has done for us. Um, I, I want to speak to you this morning. We're going to read a lot of scriptures, um, just read a whole story. And it says here, Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, um, you know, you can follow along with me. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus, he issued a decree that a census shall be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that t- took place while Quirinus was a governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Today I want to uh, take a, if you're taking notes, Um, The title of this message is, There's No Room Available. There's No Room Available. Um, It's interesting to to see Christmas as it comes up. Um, I love Christmas. I love Christmas time. I feel like it's one of my favorite time, um, my favorite holiday next to my birthday. Um, I just love Christmas. Um, It's it's a great time. Family comes together. We hang out. We, uh, we, We... Hopefully it gets cold because right now it's like 80 degrees outside in Houston. Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, God, you have a week, uh, a week and a half to get things, get it together, God. Like, um, and so we're here and we're getting ready for this holiday season. And, and maybe you've never, you, you haven't been to church in a while. Maybe it's, it's first time coming to church. But I want you to know, understand what it means to really celebrate Christmas and what it means. The two most important days on the calendar that we celebrate even to this day. Day and Easter Sunday, the two most important days in the calendar that we celebrate. The, the most important holidays, that's where everything is closed. Um, that's where stuff is, um, people cook all the best food. Maybe during Easter, you go to the park, and then you cook up a carne asada, some fajita, come on, someone. And, and, you, and, and, it's, and, and at Christmas time, you unwrap some tamales, you know, so you have something to unwrap. You do all this stuff, you cook it all up and get it ready, get your house ready, decorate. Um, and it's a time where we, it's, we, we come in festival with God, and we celebrate both God's birth and God's resurrection. The two most important days that we celebrate, even to this day, that no matter if you don't know what, what Easter or Christmas is, can I tell you, it's the birth of God and his resurrection. And those are the things that matter to us even today. Can I tell you that there was a God that came, God came in his divinity. God is perfect, and he came down to earth The Bible describes him as Emmanuel, God with us. That's literally who he is, Jesus Christ. He left his perfection, his his power, his divinity, and he came down to earth to hang out with us. He spent time with us 2,000 years ago. He did miracles. He healed the sick. He taught people. And he, he ended up dying on the cross for our sins. And that's why we celebrate Christmas Day. That's why we celebrate Easter Sunday, because God is a good God. And when he came down to us, he came for our life. So that he could be with us. Other religions might share that, 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 that you serve a God that is distant and far away. That's up in the heavens and you don't see him. You don't have a relationship with him. Can I tell you, Christianity is so much different. Because I preach a Christ that is with us, that lives among us. And even to this day, his presence and power is with us. And it's accessible to have a conversation with God at any given moment that you want. You don't need a priest. You don't need anyone else to speak for you. You don't need a pastor to pray for you. You and God can talk at any moment because God is with us. 
God is with us. That's the beauty of it. God is with us. He's hanging out with us and he's being with us and, and, and he's coming back for us. Understand this for a moment. Most people don't get this. This is a moment where we have to understand what God is doing in the church, what God is doing in the community, in the city. We have to understand that Jesus came to be with us. No room available. The Bible says Joseph and Mary, uh, the father and mother of Jesus. Uh, most people understand um, that Mary was a virgin. She, she didn't have sex, you know, and, and she was immaculate conceived. Um, he, she immaculately conceived Jesus through the power of the Spirit. And so Mary and Joseph, they were engaged. They were a young couple, probably 14 years old, 15 years old. Um, because at that age, you were already a grown-up um, in that culture. And they go back, not having a home or a place, and they go back to their hometown, the, the town of Joseph, where there, he was from the lineage of David, and he comes, and they come to the town. But at that time, Mary's about to give birth. And they're looking for places to stay. Now, in this culture, it's the kind of culture like I grew up in, where you stay at a family member's house. Um, I remember growing up, and we'd, we'd go visit family members, and we'd have like 20 people all staying in the house. Um, and, and, but we didn't go to hotels. Growing up, anybody, anybody hear me? That was you and your family. Like it was like twenty of us, like five cousins on the floor sleeping around, like right there. Man, we you know we put all the cushions up, we make a fort. I mean, it was just like that's how it was. Um, that was family coming together, and that's how the culture was. You, you would go stay with family, but for some reason they didn't have anyone, so they go look for an inn or a hotel to go stay in, and there's no room because everybody is in town here to celebrate. There's no room for Jesus. There is no room for Mary and Joseph, and she's about to give birth. Imagine Mary, she's nine months pregnant, on the verge of giving birth, and she has nowhere to lie down. The only person that offers is someone says, well, you can stay in the back with the animals in a stable. You can hang out there. You can give birth there. Imagine that, Jesus out of all people. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the most important man in all humanity, the person that came to this earth, he was born in a stable, and they laid him, the Bible says, in a manger. A manger, if you don't know what a manger is, it's basically like a feeding trough. That's where, where camels would eat, goats would eat, uh, all the animals would eat, and they would put hay, and she placed him in there. This is a beautiful thing. Even though you might, you might look, well, this is kind of weird. Beautiful thing going on. Because Jesus is all-powerful. He's the king of kings. But he did not come. They were, the people were expecting a Messiah that was going to come and it was going to overtake the Roman Empire. That he was going to overtake the throne and he was going to be, most, most importantly, the king of everyone. But, but Jesus came differently than what people expected. Jesus came as a humble servant. He says, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So when Jesus came to the earth, he didn't come oh, wearing the most priestly garments or the most beautiful clothes or he was wrapped in the Louis Vuitton baby diaper. No, Jesus came and he came to be with us and he came as a humble servant and he was in a manger. Can I tell you that the God we serve, yes, He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, but he's with us. And no matter what we're in, no matter what mess we're in, he is with us even today. He came as a servant, not in the, with chariots and, and, and horses and this big triumphal Aladdin-like entry. That was not Jesus. Jesus came in, and no one noticed that he was born. 
Because it was just Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. Wrapped them in a cross. Placed them in a manger. There was no room. There was no room for Jesus anywhere else. Can I tell you, let that not be our heart even today. Let us have room for Jesus in our life and in everywhere, in our household, in our work, and what we do. Let us have a, a room for God to come into our hearts. The problem is with us is that we get so preoccupied with the events of Christmas. Let me get my house ready. Let me decorate. Let me put the tree up. Oh, let me put some lights up. And then you know what? Man, I, I don't have pretty lights, so let's go look at the other neighborhoods that have better lights than I do. You know, you cook and you clean and you get everything ready. But we have no room for God in our life. We have a list. We make a list of everything that we want to buy. Gifts. Some of you are like, man, man why, why does my sister got to keep having kids? Like, uh, like I got to be, I got to buy kids, presents for all these kids. Like, and, and, don't lie. Some of you are like, yeah, that's for real. Like, that's me. You're like, my, my family member, you know, they expecting gifts. And we have a list and we put everything, but our priorities sometimes is in the wrong place. We, we're okay to decorate our house and put in everything, but before we start decorating our house, can we thank God that we have a house? Can, can, can we put God in the center of everything? Now, before we put our list, man, what are we giving to God in our worship and in our giving and our generosity? Before I, I give to everyone else, what am I giving through God to God? What, what am I? What am I giving Him my best, or am I giving Him what's left over? Or before I cook a meal, let me thank God and let me say grace and say, God, thank you for giving me some food because I know plenty of people that don't have anything to eat. God, thank you for clothes. Thank you for perfume. Thank you for all the stuff. And we have a society, a culture, an American society that, that, that has been so preoccupied of what I can get and gives to other people and, and celebrating the holidays. But there's nothing wrong with that. But when we don't have room for Jesus in our family and our marriage and what we do, then there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong when we don't have room for God. See, the thing is, I think even us as well, like we, we're so good at unwrapping and opening up the malas on Sunday, on, on, I mean, on, 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 on Christmas. We're so good at unwrapping the malas and we open the malas up. But we're not good at opening up our hearts to God. I say, God, come in to my life again. Is there room for God in your life today? Is there room for God this Christmas? Is there room for him in your life and what you do? Because if he's not the center of everything, then there's something wrong. Your priorities are not right. Anybody hear me today? There was no room available for him. He was born on a very insignificant day. It's significant to us now, but it was insignificant. No one was there. No one could care. Joseph and Mary were, were a poor family. They weren't important. They weren't, they weren't great people. I mean, I mean, they were probably good people, but, but they weren't like well-established and well-known people. Our God came as a, as a humble servant to be with us. And no matter where you come from, no matter where you were born, can we remember that Jesus was born in a place where animals ate? No matter where you were born, Jesus was born in a place as well that maybe it wasn't so great, and, and Jesus changed the world. Where, wherever you were born, wherever you come from, God loves you, and he died for you, and he gave you life. Let's keep reading. This is verse 8, chapter, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Then there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that, that, See this thing that had ha- has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The angel of the Lord has given him before he was conceived. Jesus. He came from shepherds. Now, most of you have ever, maybe you have a nativity set somewhere. I don't know. Maybe your has one. Maybe you have one. Maybe you've seen one. And a lot of times we focus on that there were some kings that came. You know, we even sing the song, We Three Kings from Orient Dog. In fact, the Bible doesn't actually say that there was actually three kings. But that's another story, all right? So, it, you know, it just says some kings came or some, some magi came. And so we focus a lot on the, on the kings. And maybe you've been in church or haven't been in church. But you might at least know that they brought uh, some gifts with them. Some gold, some frankincense, and some myrrh, which are like expensive perfumes and incense that, that literally cost money and were worth a lot of money. And so they brought them to Jesus. Types of people. I mean, it was like, man, it was, I mean, it was a real um, orchestra of people, animals. I mean, they, they brought all these people. And we celebrate um, Day of the Kings. And it's one of the things that we do. And, and, and so we, we're familiar with that part of the story, but what other times a lot of people forget is that there were some shepherds that came. Some shepherds came, and the shepherds are the ones that, that took care of sheep. It was a job that anyone else could do. It was an easy job that the Bible even tells us that a, a, a boy named David used to take care of sheep. Sheep don't run very fast. Sheep are kind of dumb animals. It's an easy job. Anyone could do, be a shepherd. It's a measly job that can go to the most uneducated person to take care of sheep. And there are these shepherds that are here taking care of the sheep one night. They're taking turns, watching over the sheep. I don't know how many sheep they have. And all of a sudden, some angels appear before them and tell them about Jesus that had been born that you've got to go see. He cannot tell you that my God, there's an important thing to learn about this. My God came for kings, but he also came for shepherds. My God came for the important people, but my God also died and came to be with people who are just regular people that have regular jobs. Maybe the most uneducated people, maybe the most uneducated job. God came for all those types of people. Can I tell you, when I say God is with us, you really look at it through scripture, that you'll see a God that came to be with us. No matter, he didn't didn't just die for people that were rich. He didn't just die for people that had money, people that were educated, people that have all these cars and possessions. No, he died for you and I, every single type of person on this earth, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been 
through. He died for you and I. He died for people in other countries. He died for people that are, are the poorest of the poor and the lowest of the low. And so what we see here, it's not just the kings that are celebrating that Jesus is born. No, it's the shepherds that came as well. The people that are not important. People that all they have is their job. That's all they have. And they came to celebrate God. Can I tell you, when we come to church, it's not just one type of people. It's not the people on this side of the tracks. It's the people on the other side of the tracks as well because God loves everybody. And when everyone comes and celebrates God, it's, not a, it's no longer black, white, Hispanic, Asian. It's no longer high income, low income, no income, paycheck by paycheck. No, it's all God's children coming together to celebrate God. That's the picture of the church. You have kings on one side and sheep on the other. You have people of authority and power that could command anything they want at any given time and give expensive gifts to people that couldn't even afford it. And they were probably covered in dung and, 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 and uh, from the sheep and dirty and working all night. You had both types of people celebrating Jesus. Both types of people coming together to celebrate God. It's no longer one side or the other. It's all people, and God is with us. And when God, and I say when God is with us, he is with you as well because God loves you as well. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter how you've acted your entire life, maybe you've acted a fool, maybe you've acted messed up, maybe you've never been in church, maybe you've been in church but you hate the church, I'm with you as well sometimes. I, I would tell you, no matter where you end of the spectrum you're at, God says all people can come celebrate what I did came to do and I came to give life to all people to the lost come together my vision for this church is to see all types of people come I don't care where you come from I don't care where you've been I don't care if you're homeless I don't care if you have the best home all people I want people to come and celebrate why do we come to church why do we even give to God? God doesn't need our stuff. But God want, gives you an opportunity to partake in what he's trying to do for the world and for the community. He gives us an opportunity to partake in it. He gives us an opportunity to be part of it. This is why we come together. Why do we come to church? Well, we come because we come and we have people around us that love us and help us bring the best out of us. And we're able to serve God with everything that we have together. Not just one group of people, it's everyone. Mary and Joseph were, were, were meager people. If you keep on reading, it says they presented Jesus at the temple. And, and most people don't, 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 don't catch this, but they presented two doves, two small little doves as a token of appreciation for Joseph. Doves was the poorest of poor type of gift you could possibly give at the temple. That, that, I mean, most people were giving big old fatted calves, animals, big old goats, big old other things. But they, all they have is little doves, little pigeons. God came as a humble servant. With us. Live with us. Save us. Jesus is not some person that's far. Other religions might show you a God that's far away from you. I have a Jesus that's with me. And he lives with me. And I, and I, I, I abide in him. And I, I, can, I can rest in him. And I have a life in him. Anybody hear that this morning? I'm going to ask the worship team if he could get ready. God with us.
God is with us. With us. Sometimes we go through the entire motions of Christmas, and sometimes Christmas isn't even a bad thing for some people. Like some people, like, like who doesn't like Christmas? But there's some people that don't like Christmas. I love Christmas. I love food. I love food. I don't want you to cook at your house, but, but whatever you cook, I'll come over. Like, did you cook that? We have our list of people. Gifts out. Some people like starting three months ago. There's those types of people that start like some people that you know Black Friday. You're, you're, you're there buying stuff for people. Some people that start Monday buying on Amazon for some people. Some people I go to the mall. So everybody's different. You know, everybody has a big list of people that we're giving to. I want to give a gift to my to my, my, my husband or my spouse, or my boyfriend, girlfriend, or I have a gift for my mom and dad. I have my gift for my siblings. I have a gift from nephews, nieces. Everybody has this big list of things that you want to do, and, and you have gifts for all these different types of people. Man, my coworker, my friend, my homegirl, that guy that picked me up one time. That, man, you have gifts for everyone. Maybe your pastor, I don't know. <laughs> you bring gifts, and you come, and we have this whole long list of people and things that we give Greatest thing you can ever be given, God. Give. The greatest gift of all is Him. He, he gave His Son. John three sixteen. For, for God so loved the world that He gave His one Son. Whoever believes in Him cannot perish but have eternal life. The greatest gift that you could ever get is not, man, the, the, the new Jordans that came out yesterday. It's not, it's not clothes. It's not a watch. It's not perfume. It, it's not a car. It's, it's not a, the latest, latest toy. It's not a baby Yoda. It's not a baby Gru. It's nothing of like that. The greatest toy you could ever get, the greatest gift you could ever get is God himself who is with us. Who is with us. The greatest gift you could ever give someone else, God himself. Share that with someone and says, I know you need God. You've tried everything else. The only thing that, that you can try, God. When you've tried, you've tasted everything else that the world offers, but you tasted God. The greatest gift of all is Him. Him that's with us. Imagine yourself. Jesus is perfect power and he came to be with us and he accepted a body of a man by that definition he's limited having a, a body just a regular body he has to go he has to eat he's gonna get hungry and jesus was a baby so he probably pooped you don't think about that it helped he, he got tired the bible tells he slept rested he was limited from what he came down from to be with us. Yet the Bible tells us he gave his life. He was crucified for us. He gave his life for us. And this is why Christians around the world and people around the world celebrate Christmas. I love Christmas. Now I'll close with this. Growing up, don't, don't think I'm weird or, or anything. Like, probably already do think I'm weird, but I'm further weird than I already am. But growing up, um, this is the wrong if you do this. I, I mean, if you, growing up, we didn't, we didn't really uh, celebrate, like my mom was very strict with us, so we didn't really celebrate, we celebrate Christmas, but we, we, we always knew that 
that Jesus was the reason for the season. We didn't celebrate Santa Claus, and nothing wrong with you if you go take pictures of Santa Claus, if you wear a Santa outfit. That's cool and all. Some of you look good in a Santa outfit. No offense. You know, there's nothing wrong with taking pictures. Nothing wrong. I, I, I get it. You know, you drink a Coke bottle and has a picture of Santa. That's cool. There existed a real St. Nick. That's another story as well. But let us never forget, like when I was young, I knew my mom would not let me believe Santa. Let me believe Jesus. And the greatest gift you could give the next generation, your kids, let them know that Jesus came. It's only Jesus that can wipe away your tears. It's only Jesus that can restore your life. And it's only Jesus that gives life to people. It's not anything else. It's not gifts. It's not, it's not the candy. It's not the food, the tamales, the menudo, pozole. It's none of that is important. The most thing, the thing I want most is Jesus. Don't give me any other gifts for Christmas. I want Jesus. Do you have room for him at your house this year? Is there room for him before you eat? Are you going to give thanks to God? And before you decorate, are you going to say thank you, God, for this house? Before you do anything, before you give a gift, do you give to God? Jesus. Morning, I want to ask you two things, and we're going to pray. I want to make, I always, we always make two invitations here today. I want to ask you, bow your heads and close your eyes. Don't look around. Just don't, don't focus on anyone else. Just you and God. Jesus is here. Whatever circumstances you're in, the best thing I can offer you is Jesus. If you're here today. Maybe you've been in church for a while. Maybe you haven't been in church. Maybe you just stumbled upon us today. I want to offer you Jesus today. I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you if you're religious. I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? You have him in your heart. If you're here today this morning, you say, man, I, I want to know Jesus. I want, to have, I want Jesus in my life so that I can have life and the greatest gift of all. If that's you today and, and you say, man, I, I want Jesus in my life, would you raise your hand with me? I want Jesus in my life. I see that hand. I see the hand, young man. I see the hand, young lady. We're not here to embarrass you or anything. We're here to love on you and to tell you about the greatest gift of all, which is Jesus Christ, who died for your sins and died for you. I want you to, everybody together, we, we can pray this prayer together because we're a community, we're a family. I, I want us to pray this, this prayer together. Say, Jesus, repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I have failed, and I need you in my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Restore my life. Change my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give God a round of applause this morning? Thank God. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. The band is going to lead us in a song. The second thing that we always ask people to do is one thing we like to do is we come to an altar. And the reason why we come to an altar, and if, you, and if you said that prayer today for the first time or maybe for the thousandth time, I want to speak to you. I want to hang out with you sometime. Take you out to lunch tell you about Jesus. Our team is here to pray for you, but here's what I'm going to ask you this morning. We have an altar here, and the reason why we come to an altar is because we, 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 we're giving ourselves away. We're giving ourselves to God and say, God, 
we come and meet with him. And we meet with him right here at the altar. So I'm going to invite you. If you feel comfortable this morning, you don't have to do it. But if you're comfortable, step out of your seat and come to the altar this morning. The band's going to lead us a song. If you don't know the song, you can follow along on the screen. But I want to pray for you. If you, if you need prayer for something, sickness, illness, whatever it is, finances, um, problems, you, you just need prayer this morning, I'm here to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to stand and step out of your seat this morning. Come to this altar as the band leads us in worship this morning. Just lift up your hands this morning. Close your eyes and just focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. What have you done? Murder. 